When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Over the tackle of the 40 yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. What's going on, guys? It's another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast brought to you by me, your host, Matt Bruning, back on the mic yet again, Friday, November 23rd, Black Friday. Hopefully, you guys had yourselves a wonderful Thanksgiving. You guys got to eat all kinds of food, spent time with the families, watched the football games. It was awesome. If you guys are going out for Black Friday today, be careful. You know you got a lot of crazy people out there. Get out of the car. It's go time. You and me. Look, Mommy, the rhino's getting too close to the car. Him too way to get out. He's just a little guy. That's it, big boy. I'm going to wail on you. You're going to regret volunteering for this job, Porky. Hey, boys and girls, it's Papa Smurf. You don't want none of me. Think it through. Come on, give me your best shot. I'll give you a free one. Let me have it. That's it? Come on, you can do better than that, can't you? Captain Limpress, try again. Hey, everybody, is there a window open? I feel a draft. Huh? Uh, if I wanted to kiss, I would have called your mother. Come on. Uh, that was a good one. A lot of people out there fighting for those, you know, TV deals, Xboxes, PlayStation, all that stuff. So just be careful if you guys are out there today. Hopefully you guys get some great deals, Christmas shopping done, whatever it is that you guys need to get done today. I hope you get it done and continue to enjoy your weekend. Hopefully you're not working in retail because uh, that probably sucks today if you are. Uh, I feel sorry for you. I am sorry. Hopefully you can uh, manage to get through the day without killing any of your customers. Other than that, though, guys, just... Great games yesterday. Three really good games, actually. I thought I was a little worried going into Thursday that the games might not live up to the hype, except maybe the New Orleans-Atlanta game. I think that was probably the worst game of the three. And so, but today we will break those three games down. Uh, For other stuff for the podcast today, like I said, we'll go ahead, break down the three games that we had Thanksgiving, or on Thanksgiving, and then I will preview the full Sunday slate. Uh, Maybe talk a little college football at the end if we have time. Otherwise, again, I will put out a college football podcast tomorrow for sure, likely after the game goes down, uh, hopefully Ah, hopefully my Ohio State Buckeyes are able to pull that off, because if not, I might not be that in uh, 
that thrilled to uh, put out a college podcast after the fact. So we'll see. Maybe I'll do it later tonight so that I know I'll be at least in a good mood and won't have to deal with the repercussions of the game if it goes wrong. So, but anyways... Besides the Buckeyes and everything, we'll possibly talk about them at the end of the podcast. Let's jump into what happened yesterday. The post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. All right, so for the first game we had yesterday, the Chicago Bears defeating the Detroit Lions 23-16. to Obviously, Mitch Trubisky did not play, had sat out with a shoulder injury, so we got Chase Daniels in there, and as we talked about on Wednesday's podcast, he played pretty good. Again, he's, he's been in this offense for a long time, guys, uh, going all the way back to when he was a backup in Kansas City under Andy Reid. Matt Nagy was there. They run pretty much the same offense, uh, and he looked good, and it's 17 points for fantasy. You know, he had had a good day, uh, much like we expected, 230 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, can't ask much more out of a backup quarterback, I would think. Uh, hopefully, you guys weren't forced to start him in any way. Even if you were, I feel like he came through for you. Uh, for the running backs here, neither one of these guys, at least rushing-wise, did anything for you. Uh, Tariq Cohen obviously came through with a touchdown in the receiving game, getting you 15 points in fantasy, but just 14 yards on three carries. Uh, but again, 45 yards in the touchdown. In the receiving game, getting you the 15 points, Jordan Howard just looked god-awful in this game. 13 rushing yards on 7 attempts, and then 2 yards on 1 catch to get you a whopping 2 points in fantasy. Uh, and then the somewhat unknown, at least in my opinion, the Taquan Mazzell. Uh, running back, he also got himself a receiving touchdown, uh, two catches, 21 yards, and the receiving touchdown to get you nine points in fantasy. So, all in all, if you started Tariq Cohen, you're happy with that performance. Can't imagine anybody started Mazel or Mazel and Jordan Howard just probably killed you. Uh, and that's a, that's a little bit on me. I did think Jordan Howard would have a good game here. I actually thought he'd get a touchdown, be right around the 10-point mark, and my God, I just I don't know what's going on with Howard, but it's it's bad. For the wide receivers, uh, none of these guys really did much of anything. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, at least for fantasy, had the best day with eight points. Uh, but really nobody came through. I actually thought Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel would have good games here. Neither one of them really did. Gabriel, 49 yards on seven catches. Miller, 41 yards on three catches. Eight points and five points, respectively, for fantasy. Uh, and then Allen Robinson, just four points in fantasy. He gets you 37 yards on two catches. Uh, again, I don't know if it was just Chase Daniels not really being able to get them the ball that well. The offense wasn't tailored to him. He did seem to be going to Tariq Cohen a lot more than everybody else. And Trey Burton. Uh, Trey Burton didn't have a good game either, though. A lot of that, I think, due to the dropped passes that he had in that game and the fumble. Just three points in fantasy. Uh, you know, so really just a, a bad day all around for this offense. Really the only guy coming through for you is Tariq Cohen, in my opinion. He's probably the only player that was started, at least, that came through for the Lions. So Matt Stafford, we, we talked about it on Wednesday that I just I did not like the way that he was heading didn't like this offense especially with Marvin Jones being out and uh yeah he, he struggled again guys seven points in fantasy 236 yards and two interceptions he has just not looked right 
the back half of this year. Uh, I think it's really kind of time to move away from him at this point if you haven't already. Uh, you know, I've talked about multiple times in the past that he's consistently been a top 10 to 12 quarterback, uh, and he has just not done that this year. He, he started off in a really bad game week one, looked like he had kind of turned it around and was turning the corner and then has just fallen off a cliff yet again. I don't know if it's the lack in the running game, a lack of a really good offensive line, what's going on here, but Matt Stafford is just not getting it done. For the running backs, LeGarrette Blunt finally showed up, had himself another huge game. I think much like he did in week one or two uh, was the last time that he put up points like this. But 22 points in fantasy, 88 yards on 19 carries and two touchdowns. Of course, benefiting a lot from the fact that uh, on Johnson was out. Theo Riddick uh, gave you nine points in fantasy. Again, most of this coming in the receiving game as as usual. He really does not do much in the rushing game, but 48 yards on seven catches and then 12 yards in the rushing game. Kenny Galladay, I, I thought that he would have a really good day. Uh, I feel like for the most part he comes through for you here. 11 points in fantasy, 90 yards on five catches, and I have to say that uh, – I think that that's great for him. Did a really good job, especially in the fact that uh, he's really their only target. Marvin Jones is out with an injury. Golden Tate got traded. They're relying on guys like Bruce Ellington and TJ Jones. They had Theo Riddick running wide receiver out yesterday. And uh, so for this Chicago Bears defense, which again has been really good not to be able to really shut him down, still allowing him to get 90 yards. Obviously, if he had gotten that touchdown, he would have really had a great day for you. That's what I had projected him for, was to also get the touchdown. I had him for about 16 points. Didn't get that, uh, but still I felt a great day um, and a great game. 11 points. I'll take 11 points. It's any day out of the week from a wide receiver 2-3. So can't fault him one bit for that. The next game up we had, again, another really interesting game in the Washington Redskins losing to the Dallas Cowboys 23-17. So for Washington, uh, obviously, as we uh, we discussed, uh, Alex Smith suffered that uh, really bad uh I was going to say career. His career is not over yet. Uh, season injury, uh, season-ending injury with that broken leg and ankle. Uh, so we had Colt McCoy in. Uh, I talked about him again on Wednesday saying that I thought he could be very serviceable for fantasy. He's been in that offense for a very long time as well. Been in the NFL for eight years, and he looked good. Uh, not great, but looked good. 268 with two touchdowns, three interceptions. Gets you 18 points in fantasy. Uh, I started him in a 2QB league. That's exactly what I I wanted Adam. I wouldn't expect him to to blow blow the game open and put up twenty plus points, uh, but it, that was serviceable for me. Uh, running backs here, so Adrian Peterson let me down a little bit. I thought that he would uh, produce a little bit of RB two numbers here. Did not happen. Just thirty five yards on twelve carries, getting you five points in fantasy. Capri. Bibbs, though, does uh, does kind of come in and vulture the touchdown from Peterson. 17 yards on three carries and the touchdown uh, adds 19 yards in the receiving game. It comes through with 10 points in fantasy. So if for whatever reason someone was actually starting him, you got points out of him. Trey Quinn comes through for you at wide receiver. Really the only player to come through for you, and that's because he gets the touchdown. Five catches for 26 yards and a touchdown. And then, of course, so does Vernon Davis, who gets you 14 points in fantasy. Uh, 
Really was hoping that that would go, the touchdown would go to Jordan Reed. Uh, Jordan Reed, though, still does end up having a very good game. 75 yards on six catches, getting you 10 points in fantasy. Vernon Davis, 73 yards on two catches and the touchdown. Uh, again, I talked about it. I really thought uh, Colt McCoy, when he played last year, uh, and anytime he's played in this offense, he's really targeted the tight ends and especially Jordan Reed. That's what we talked about on Wednesday's podcast that he would have likely a big day here. And I think he's going to continue to be a, a, a stud, an elite tight end here throughout the rest of the season. Maybe even both of them with Colt McCoy being there. But I would definitely uh, lean on Jordan Reed. He's been healthy all year, which is a plus-plus, honestly, because I don't think many people expected him to be. Uh, and then, obviously, to see him coming through with Colt McCoy is just a little bit of icing on the cake. For Dallas, so Dallas had a really good game here, and uh, they needed it if they wanted to get back in the playoff race. They now sit atop of the NFC East. Good for them. I did not think that they would win this game. Uh, I had probably a little bit more faith in the Redskins defense than I should have. Dak Prescott continues to be on a little bit of a tear here again. 27 points in fantasy. Uh, Has looked just much better since they've got Amari Cooper. Maybe Amari Cooper was the answer to all their problems. Uh, 289 yards in the air with two touchdowns. Added 18 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Of course, if he continues the rushing, he's going to continue to produce as a top-end quarterback. Zeke Elliott does it yet again. Just continue to feed Zeke, guys, because that is—he's just amazing. 121 yards, 26 carries, a touchdown for 22 points in fantasy. And I'm telling you, they held him under 60 yards last time they played. That—that's how good this defense was playing, or how well they were able to bottle up Zeke. He came out on fire. Just looked amazing in this game. I mean, to be exact, he got literally 33 rushing yards last time they played these guys. So it's just this whole offense, this whole team has really come together here the past couple weeks since getting Amari Cooper. Uh, they've been playing different, looked different. Uh, and, you know, so if you're a Zeke owner, Dak owner, this has got to be a good sign for you going forward. Amari freaking Cooper. So I've been known to call him Amari Pooper. Uh, I don't think he's very good. Uh, he's got break hands, can't catch the ball, kind of sucks. Man, did he have himself a game yesterday. 34 points in fantasy. Again, really helps when you score two touchdowns and you break a 90-yard touchdown run. Uh, But that's him. That's all on him. You can't blame anybody. It's not like two defenders ran into each other not paying attention. He broke tackles, made it happen. Two touchdowns, 180 yards. Just looked good and and I think he may be back I'm, I'm a little hesitant to call it just yet I need to see it for a couple more games maybe even the rest of the season before I believe Amari Cooper's that top tier wide receiver too uh, that I think he can get to but he's definitely looked like a much different player since coming over to Dallas uh, other than him though nobody else really did anything in this offense uh one of the guys that I'm really interested in, though, that looked really good, he is an Ohio State guy, So, but I've watched him play at Ohio State a lot. Noah Brown, one reception for 22 yards, uh, didn't get in a lot on the plays. He's been playing a lot. Uh, a lot of snaps, but it's mostly running plays. Uh, did get the two targets. Definitely interested to see if he can kind of emerge here, uh, as I do think that he is better than, say, Cole Beasley. Not better than Michael Gallup, but I do think if Amari Cooper stays in Dallas, him, Gallup, and Brown could be a very intriguing 
uh, three set of wide receivers there for a Dallas Cowboys offense that could be on the, on the up and coming or coming up here with with Dak Prescott. And then the last game, probably the the worst game of yesterday. In all honesty, the Atlanta Falcons losing to the New Orleans Saints seventeen to thirty one. So Matt Ryan here did not have a good game for Atlanta. He ends up coming through for you in fantasy just because of the sheer amount of passing they ended up having to do due to the turnovers. But 377 through the air, two touchdowns, and one interception. Gets you 23 points in fantasy. Add 16 yards on the ground. But just did not look good most of this game. Again, a lot of this stuff, a lot of these points and touchdowns coming late in the game with New Orleans up on them big, just trying to fight to get back into this game. Uh, <clears throat> better days, hopefully, to come for Atlanta, though they're likely out of the playoffs already with this loss here. Running back, so Ito Smith, nothing. I mean, one point in fantasy, just nothing. Tevin Coleman, nine points in fantasy, and really the only reason he got that is because he got the receiving touchdown that Matt Ryan practically flipped to him right at the right at the uh, end zone. Just the one receiving touchdown, 17 yards in the air, six yards rushing on eight carries. Really starting to make me worry about Tevin Coleman. I, I've had high hopes for this guy, really thought that he could, uh, you know, Really have a great year here, it being his free agent year next year. Possibly get a new deal. I don't even know if that's coming now at this point. He has just not looked good. He's had one really good game. Other than that, can barely put up 11 points most weeks. Uh, I'm really starting to worry about Tevin Coleman. For the wide receivers, so Julio didn't score, which I thought would happen uh, when we talked on Wednesday's podcast, but still comes through with a really good game. 19 points in fantasy, 147 yards on 11 catches, did fumble the ball, uh, but you know, still a great game for him, Continually, continues to just get the lion's share of targets here. Calvin Ridley got targeted a lot in this game as well and comes through for you. 18 points in fantasy. He gets you 93 yards on 8 catches and a touchdown. For the Saints, so Drew Breezy, if it wasn't for the touchdowns, I don't think he really comes through for you. Uh, Just 171 yards in the air, but does get you the 4 touchdowns to get you 21 points in fantasy. Does throw 1 interception, Uh, but... I'm wondering if maybe we're about to start heading back toward running the running the hell out of the ball, Drew Brees. Uh, definitely we're doing it against this Atlanta Falcons defense, which makes sense. Atlanta's defense has been really poor against the run, so maybe it was a game plan thing, but something I would be a little worried about if you're Drew Brees' owner. We, we need to watch this going forward because we're about to get into the playoffs, and if he's going to be doing something where he's throwing it 47 fucking times and only gets you 171 yards, that's not good, guys. Again, the four touchdowns bails you out, but if he gets back to those two touchdown games, now you're wiping eight points off the board right there. You know, now now we're talking about going back down to 13-point Drew Brees, and that's not winning you playoff games. So definitely something we need to watch out for. I wouldn't go into a full panic just yet, uh, but it, it looks kind of scary Thursday night, to be honest with you. For the running back, so Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram just do it again. Obviously, Alvin Kamara having a, a better day than Mark Ingram. Uh, neither one of them getting a touchdown, though. Alvin Kamara, the 10 points in fantasy. Mark Ingram, 7. Alvin Kamara with 89 yards on 14 carries. And then Mark Ingram getting you 52 yards on 11 carries. Both 
uh, adding a little bit in the receiving game. Mark Ingram just a little bit more with 14 yards. Kamara with nine. Uh, better days to come for both of these guys. Uh, unfortunately, the touchdowns just kind of went to unknowns, if you want to call it that, or people we were not starting in fantasy. Just seemed like that kind of day as uh, even Michael Thomas struggled for the Saints here, getting you just five points in fantasy. Uh, again, 38 yards on four catches. All the touchdowns going to guys who just nobody's playing. Uh, so Keith Kirkwood gets you a touchdown. Austin Carr gets you a touchdown. No, I, I'll raise my hand. I actually had to start Austin Carr in a very deep league. Uh, Tommy Lee Lewis gets you a touchdown. Again, none of these guys likely being started by anybody. And then, of course, not Ben Watson, not Josh Hill, but Dan Arnold at tight end gets you the touchdown as well. So for fantasy, again, none of these guys likely co- uh, doing anything for you or nobody starting. So, um, you know, for fantasy, unfortunately, you've got little points out of our studs except for Drew Brees, but that that's to be expected every once in a while. I would imagine they'll be just fine going forward. Alright, so now to jump into our game previews for the week. Starting off with the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Cincinnati, 66% chance to win the game, and they are being given three points for Cleveland side. The Bake Show. The Bake Show. I expect this to be a great game for fantasy on both sides here. So, Cincinnati, not very good against the pass or the run, really, actually. 30 and 32nd ranked right now against the pass and the run. Baker, I expect to have a big game here. Jarvis, I expect to finally turn it around and have a big game. And David Njoku at tight end, I expect to have a good game as well. Antonio Callaway, I think, is a an upside play, though I wouldn't necessarily trust him, would not play him unless you're just down by a crap ton of points and you're wanting somebody who can possibly go off with a big game. I would like Antonio Callaway to possibly do that, but I am hesitant just because the dude hasn't really learned how to catch a ball yet for running backs uh i like duke i don't think he goes off here but i do think he gets you a touchdown puts up some receiving works i've got him projected for about 13 points and then nick chubb i have as the top 10 running back this week i think he's going to eat against the cincinnati defense that has just been gashed against the run here lately for for cincinnati I kind of expect the same thing. I, I really do expect this to be a shootout again. Uh, I could expect, I, I could see this being like that Thursday night game from I think it was five, six years ago now, where there was like fifty-one to something. It was ridiculous uh, because Cleveland has just not been good against the pass or the run either. They've been in the low twenty or the high twenties, I should say, uh, against the pass and the run. So I expect Dalton to have a good game here. AJ Green is likely going to miss again. Uh, There was a lot of talk that he would possibly be able to play this week. Uh, He didn't practice yesterday. Now, I'm recording this at about 9 o'clock in the morning uh, Friday, so as of right now, he has not practiced, so that's something we need to watch uh, going forward. Whoever you pay attention to, whether it's on Twitter, you're watching something, ESPN, NFL Network, Yahoo, whatever you're watching, just watch out for that if you've got him and you're thinking about starting him. I would think the fact that he hasn't practiced yet means he's not going to go. And even if he does go, I'd be a little bit worried about it with this toe being as bad as they say it is. I would not trust him this week. So for me, that leaves just Tyler Boyd and possibly John Ross. Uh, I know John Ross is struggling with an injury as well. Uh, but he is expected to be good to go. 
so those will be the two guys that I'll lean on here. I think both could have big games. Uh, like CJ Uzoma, I think he has the best matchup out of the three. I think this is like the one week you could actually play him and expect points out of him. And then obviously Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard. Uh, I do expect Joe Mixon to have a much better day than Gio, uh, but I do see if, if you've got him in a PPR league, I could see him putting up you close to 8 to 10 points uh, for Gio, and I expect Joe Mixon to have himself a day. But I have the Cleveland Browns winning the game. Next up, we have the New York Giants going against the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly being given the 67% chance to win this game, and they are being given six points for the Giants. Eli, do we trust him? Do we not trust him? That, that really is the question right now. I say you do. Uh, Philly's defense against the pass has been horrible. They've been very good against the run. Uh, I expect Eli to have a good day here. Again, a lot of it's going to depend on if he's seeing Ghost again and uh, getting sacked by this defensive line. But I expect him to have a very good day here. I like Odell to have a good day. Sterling Shepard, while I don't expect him to go off in this game, I do expect him to have a decent game as well as Evan Ingram. And of course, Saquads, Saquon Barkley. Uh, I don't see him putting up a lot of rushing yards against this team. Uh, I expect it to be a lot like what they did last week. Maybe get you 40, 50 uh, rushing yards, but I do expect him to put up a fair amount of points in the receiving game yet again. Uh, I do expect him to come through for you. Should be a really interesting game, though. Uh, tom- or I keep saying tomorrow, thinking that it's Saturday. Uh, Sunday morning game for the Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz, I expect to be good here. Uh, Defense for the Giants being rated in the low 20s. uh, Have kind of regressed a little bit against the pass. Not been very good against the run either. Uh, So Carson Wentz, I expect to have a good game here. Josh Adams, the guy I talked about again last year, was really surprised that he went undrafted. I expect him to have another big game here against a really bad rush defense in the uh, New York Giants. Uh, I really like Ball Sean Jeffrey, uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, I expect him to ball out in this game, and and that's really it. I, I don't expect Golden Tate to do anything. As uh, their offensive coordinators come out and said that they've been struggling to kind of get him incorporated in the offense. And I really don't like Nelson Aguilar either. So I think it all comes down to Alshon Jeffrey and then obviously Zach Ertz. I think those two are going to have themselves a field day against this Giants uh, pass defense. And then Carson Wentz and Josh Adams. I have the Philadelphia. No, I have the New York Giants winning this game. Feeling a little bit frisky today. Next up. The Seattle Seahawks and the Carolina Panthers in what should be a really good early morning slate game. Carolina, 59% chance to win the game, and they are being given 3.5 points for Seattle. Russell Wilson, I think, should be good to go here. Uh, I'm a little worried. Is Carolina's defense, the problem is they've been up and down the past few weeks. They started off really good. Uh, then have just kind of struggled here as of late. Still really good against the run, but are struggling against the pass. Uh, I think what obviously makes Russell Wilson's day is his rushing, though. I think him rushing, making plays happen. Uh, I expect him to be able to do a little bit of that, not a lot. Uh, and a lot of it's going to come down to, is he going to pass the ball or not? You know, if he has one of his days where he throws you throws 17 times but gets you three touchdowns, he's going to come through for you. But if he throws 17 times and gets you one touchdown, it's going to be a bad day. Uh, but I 
do think you've got to play him because most likely you don't have anybody else. Wide receiver-wise, for me, I think it's got to be Doug Baldwin and David Moore, and that's it. Uh, and running backs, Chris Carson would be the guy that I would trust. Uh, just don't. Rashad Penny has definitely looked much better coming on of late, uh, but they still seem hesitant to make him the the full starter, uh, the guy who's going to get the every down carry. Uh, so until that happens, I just can't trust him. I know that he's looked better at times than Carson. But Carson's the guy that I would go with, especially with the fact that Mike Davis is still there. Penny, they're going to all split carries. Chris Carson's the one guy I would trust out of all of them, and, and I don't trust him very high, uh, to be honest with you. I've got him as like a high-end flex play. So if you're expecting him to be an RB1, uh, you need to jump off that narrative right quick and in a hurry. For Carolina, Cam, I like in this game. I don't know. I'm really actually kind of torn on him. I'm, I'm looking at my notes here on him, and... I'm really torn on Cam. I have him ranked very high this week, uh, you know, based on what I think is going to happen and the projections. Cam should have a good game, but I am a little worried here. I have him as my fourth-ranked quarterback. Um, but the Seattle defense, they've been getting better every week. They're kind of middle tier uh, in both the pass and the run here. A lot of it's going to come down to if Devin Funches can show up and do anything because uh, he's really looked poor here. And then, obviously, I love DJ Moore. I expect him to have a, a decent day here. Again, more of a flex pay, play. Don't expect him to be like a wide receiver one or two like he was a couple weeks ago when he put up 100 fucking yards. Uh, just looked ridiculous in that game. Uh, but I do expect him to have another good game here. Uh, and I expect CMC to have a good game. Probably not going to do much in the rushing game, but we know he's going to get those dump-offs and everything. Uh, as long as he scores for you, he's going to have a really good week. Uh, but other than that, I expect him to be a, a middle, middle-tier middle RB1 this week. Not not going off for you, but he'll likely get you that 14 to 16 points you need to, to make it a productive day. Uh, but other than them, I, I just don't trust anybody. Greg Olson, I forgot about Mr. Greg Olson. Uh, obviously, I do expect him to have a good game here as well. Tight end, you've got to start him. Tight end sucks. Whether he gets you a good game or not, he's going to be worth the start. But yeah, like I said, other than those three, I just don't, I don't trust him. DJ Moore, like I said, I think he's an upside play, but I wouldn't trust him, and I sure as shit don't tr- trust Devin Funches at this point. So if you're playing him, you're you're just hoping and praying that he does something for you. Uh, and I have the the Panthers winning the game. Next up, we have the San Francisco. 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay, 65% favorite to win this game. They are being given three points for the 49ers. So we will obviously likely see Nick Mullins back at it again. And while uh, he obviously didn't have quite the game last week that he had in his debut, I expect him to be a little bit better here uh, in this game against a Tampa Bay defense that, well, has been torched pretty much every single week. Uh, I, I really don't expect him to have any trouble going up against this this defense. Matt Breida, I expect to have a decent day as well here. Uh, though the Tampa Bay defense is much better against the run than they are the pass, uh, he, he can catch balls out of the backfield. I expect him to get a little bit of receiving work. For the wide receivers, uh, starter, starting George Kittle, that that's not even a question. You've got to start him. I expect him to have a huge game. Got him as my tight end two this week just behind Zach Ertz. With as bad as this defense has been against the pass, uh, I like Marquise Goodwin this week as well. Um, 
again, with as bad as this defense has been, uh, Marquis Goodwin, it just takes one play for him to make you a make a huge day happen for him and make your fantasy day. Uh, and kind of like Kendrick Bourne alive, I really do uh, like him this week as well, but that's really it. I don't expect uh, Richie James or Dante Pettis or Trent Taylor to do much for you. I think it's more going to be Bourne, Goodwin, and Kittle. For the Buccaneers, so obviously Jameis Winston is uh, at least for now the starter. Again, we will we'll see if that changes. If you know he has himself a a really bad first half again, but as of now, we can trust Jameis Winston to be the starter. I would not play him just because we've seen them switch quarterbacks at halftime now multiple times. So if Winston does go out there and throw two or three picks in the first half, I would not be surprised to see Ryan Fitzmagic come back out there. San Francisco has been a top. Uh, top half defense, I guess, would be the way to put it. Uh, they've been in the top, you know, I would say 14 to 15 every single week against the pass and the run. That's why I expect them to have a lot of success here today. Or, gosh, guys, I keep saying today, Sunday uh, against Tampa Bay. Would not trust Jameis Winston in this one. Would not really trust Peyton Barber in this one either. Uh, thought he might have a big game last week. Just didn't come through for you. I don't even know if we'll see Ronald Jones or Jacquez Rogers. I would just steer clear all three of those guys if possible. At wide receiver, um, I don't expect Mike Evans to go off like he did last week, but I do expect him to have a good game. And I like Chris Godwin in this game as well. Uh, I, I would go with him over Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I, I, both, I like both of them. think they're both going to have good games here. Mike Evans, I've got up there my top 15, or 16 actually. I have him at 16. Actually, never mind. I moved him all the way up to 12. I did not realize I'd changed my projections on him. Uh, so, again, Mike Evans, though, I expect to have a good game. And uh, Chris Godwin as well, especially if he if he scores. And I do have projected to score this week. Deshaun uh, Jackson, I think he's got a good matchup in this one. So, I may be wrong on thinking that I don't like him. I'm, I'm, I'm a little torn on him right now when I'm thinking about it, looking at his matchup. I'd, I'd probably play him as a flex starter. I think Chris Godwin's more of a uh, WR2 this week. Deshaun Jackson could be a flex starter. I have him projected for 10 points. Uh, so, again, a lot of that's going to come down to if he scores, which is, is always a little bit interesting with Deshaun Jackson because he could take you know a 40-yard touchdown to the house to get you 10 points, or he could catch five balls for 40 yards and do nothing with it. So I do like uh, Deshaun Jackson a bit this week as more of a flex starter, though, than anything else. Then I'm trying to think who I really want to take in this one, guys. I'm a little torn on this one, uh, you know, because I really like San Francisco's defense. But Tampa Bay, they can put up points on you in a hurry. I'm I'm going to just stick with it. I've got the 49ers written down. I'm going to take the 49ers to win this game. Next up, we have the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. New England being given the 83% chance to win this game, and they being are being given 10 points. So, for New England side here, I think it's fairly easy. Uh, you're, you're starting Tom Brady, you're starting Sony Michelle, you're starting James White, and you're starting Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman. Rob Gronkowski is still questionable whether he plays or not. I don't think you've got. I don't think you play him uh, with a back issue. 
I'm terrified that this is it for Gronk. Uh, have been since the beginning of the year. He looked good at first, at least in that first week, and then really hasn't scored a touchdown since. Uh, I would avoid Gronk at all costs, really just sticking with those guys. I, I like Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon to both be able to put up points this week in the receiving game. A little worried about Sony Michelle, but I think he'll be able to come through for you. I think he'll be able to put up enough rushing yards and probably score uh, to make your day for you. And then obviously James White and Tom Brady just speak for themselves with the consistency that they've put up. For the New York Jets, I think it's the exact opposite of the New England Patriots. I would not start any of these guys. Sam Darnold has really struggled as of late. Steer clear of him. Would not mess with... um, Robbie Anderson I would not mess with Jermaine Curse would not mess with Richard Matthews. Quincy Nunwa is interesting to me. I think he's got a great matchup in the slot here. Uh, he is questionable with the ankle injury, uh, but they have been giving up a lot of points out of the slot wide receiver role, so I could see Quincy Nunwa coming through for you at least in a PPR league. I could see him getting you 50-60 yards on 5-6 catches and possibly a touchdown, uh, but he's the only one I trust. Chris Herndon at tight end, I like him. I just don't expect him to score, therefore I don't think he'll come through for you. And then at running back, I would just steer clear of Isaiah Crowell, Trenton Cannon, uh, Elijah McGuire. I think you've got to steer clear from him. I really like the kid. I think he's good. Uh, I think he could be the Jets' answer at running back. He just hasn't shown it yet, and I don't expect him to show up here against the Patriots. Uh, and then I obviously have the Patriots winning that game. Next up, we've got the Oakland Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore being given the 86% chance to win this game, and they are 10-point favorites. And much like the Jets for Oakland, I don't trust anybody on this team. Derek Carr, steer clear. I, I just I can't see him putting up a putting up enough points to make him fantasy relevant at running back here. I don't like Doug Martin. Uh, I don't really like DeAndre Washington, who did get a little bit of run last week. Jalen Richard, I could see putting up possibly 10 points. I just don't trust it against this Baltimore defense. They've been very good against a run. Um, so I, I just would not. I, I'd stay clear all of them if you have to. Jalen Richard would be the one guy that I would start from them. But uh, I, even then, like I said, I wouldn't trust him to get you more than 10 points, if that. At wide receiver, so Martavius Bryant out with the knee. Jordy Nelson questionable again with the knee, likely not going to play. That leaves us with Seth Roberts, or Darius Stewart, Johnny Holton, Keon Hatcher, Dwayne Harrison, Marcel Aitman. None of them. Don't play any of them. The only guy that intrigues me is Marcel Aitman, a kid out of Oklahoma State. Uh, did a lot of research on him last year. Uh, it looks like he could be a very good wide receiver, uh, possibly by next year. Uh, is 6'4", 216. Uh, interested to see him in some of these matchups that he'll probably get on Sunday, but he's not a, someone I would start at all. Uh, I would steer clear of him. For Baltimore, so it looks like we're going to get a second week in a row of Mr. Lamar Jackson. Uh, did run it a lot. I had 27 carries to be exact last week. I don't expect that to happen again this week. Uh, but that being said, I-, I wouldn't play him. I know a lot of people were really excited about watching him play. I was one of them. 
liked watching, seeing what he could do, uh, but was just very inconsistent throwing the ball. Uh, and we can't expect him again to run the ball 27 times every single game. He will get killed. He is not a big guy, uh, though he's never really struggled with injuries. He's only 6'2", 212, very slight frame. I would just not expect him to run it that many times, and until he can show me he can do it in the passing game, I would not trust him uh, there. Running backs, uh, I don't think you can trust any of these guys either. I know a lot of people picked up Gus Edwards thinking that he might be the new guy there. Uh, if you want to throw him out there because you're feeling a little bit frisky and think he might do something, I can't stop you. I won't stop you. I do think that he could be a flex play this week, but he's the only one I trust. Uh, you know, Alex Collins dealing with the foot injury was benched last week. Don't trust Buck Allen. Don't trust Ty Montgomery. At the wide receivers, unfortunately, I don't trust any of these guys either. Uh, if Lamar Jackson can't prove to me that he can throw the ball, all these guys kind of died last week when Lamar Jackson came in. None of them did anything. You know, John Brown, Michael Crabtree, they're they're nothing now. Uh, Willie Sneed, even I just don't, I can't trust any of them. Don't trust any of the tight ends. Uh, for me, this game is by far the worst looking game for fantasy. I know someone's got to put points up. Uh, I just don't think it's going to be anybody fantasy relevant. I think you're going to end up getting kind of like yesterday's game, and the Saints are going to get these, you know, th- three or four wide receivers Jordan Lasley, Chris Moore, Janarian Grant from the Baltimore Ravens putting up touchdowns for you that nobody's starting. So I just don't trust any of these guys. Don't trust Hayden Hurst or Mark Andrews either. I think if you can. You need to avoid this game for fantasy altogether. Uh, And I have Baltimore winning the game. Next up, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills. A game I think could actually be fairly interesting. So Buffalo being given the 51% chance to win this game. But Jacksonville is being given three points. So for Jacksonville, I think there's really only one player that you can feel comfortable starting, and that's Leonard Fournette. Uh, I do not trust Blakey Bortles at all, uh, and I don't think that you can really trust anybody in their wide receiver court either. They've just not shown you anything. Uh, Anybody here will do anything. You know, you've had Dante Moncrief had a couple good games here. I don't expect it here. Dede Westbrook. Keelan Cole, I mean, Keelan Cole, my God, has he not been one of the biggest disappointments of the year? A lot of people really high on him, although I was not one of them. I did say that I thought what he did last year was kind of an aberration, uh, but did take him in a couple leagues just based on the upside, hoping that maybe he proved me wrong. He has not. He's proved me very right. Uh, but I just don't trust anybody. Uh, the one guy I love, I think's the best wide receiver of this group, at least healthy, is D.D. Westbrook. So I could see him doing anything, but don't play him as anything other than a flex play. I don't think any of these guys do anything. It's all T.J. Yeldon. Or I'm sorry, not T.J. Yeldon. Leonard Fournette. My God, my, my wires just got all crossed up there. Leonard Fournette. For Buffalo, same thing. I'm not trusting Matt Barkley. I know he came out on fire. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, we should be getting Josh Allen back in this game, uh, which should be interesting. Don't really trust Josh Allen either, but he should be back, should be able to play this week. Uh, Again, against a a defense that has been beatable, really, this year. Uh, Not something anybody expected going into the year, but they've been pretty bad. 
I, I just don't think that Josh Allen's going to be able to do it. He, I think he'll be able to put up enough points rushing the ball, though. He is definitely not afraid to take off and do something with his legs. But don't see him uh, throwing many touchdowns, if any, or putting anything into the end zone even on his legs. LaShawn McCoy, I do think, will be decent in this game. Jacksonville has been poor against the run. LaShawn McCoy has looked good as of late. Uh, I do expect him to have himself a decent day here, probably right in the middle of that RB2 category. And for the wide receivers, with Josh Allen being back, I only really trust Zay Jones. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, I think, is a bum. Talked about it many a times. I wouldn't play him. I'd actually prefer to quit playing fantasy altogether than start or play Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, don't trust Andre Holmes, Ray Ray McLeod, Robert Foster. For me, it's just Zay Jones. And, and as we saw last week with Mr. Kroom, uh, I don't think that you can trust anybody at tight end here either. A lot of people were very high on Jason Kroom, thought he was going to be a breakout tight end with Charles Clay being down. Likely Charles Clay is down again, so you're going to see Jason Kroom and Logan Thomas. Wouldn't play any, either one of them unless you just have to. And if at that point, I'm, I'm sorry because you're not going to get anything from either one of them. Next up, we've got, oh, I'm sorry, I guess I have to pick a team to win this game. I'm going to take Jacksonville just because, I guess, at this point. Uh, Next up, we have, uh, starting into the afternoon games here, the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers being given the 93% chance to win the game, and they are 12-point favorites. Arizona here, steer clear of everybody but David L. Johnson. Uh, uh, he's the only guy that I like in this game. Uh, Los Angeles' defense has been awesome. Probably one of the more underrated defenses all year. Uh, not getting talked about a lot. Uh, but they've been right in the 15 range against the pass and the run all year long. Uh, I, I do think that they're going to be able to kind of shore up anything Josh Rosen does here. Um, again, I, I do like... DJ, just because I think that he is going to be able to to put up points, not just rushing the ball, but catching the ball as well. Uh, So he's definitely someone I think worthy of starting. Wide receivers, I just don't... I think if you've got L. Fitz, Larry the Legend, uh, he's worthy of a flex start, but that's it. I, I don't think Christian Kirk is able to do much here. Don't trust J.J. Nelson either. And Larry Fitzgerald, I'm even a little... Little shaky on here. I just this secondary for Los Angeles is just legit, guys. They are legit. I expect them to do bad, bad things to this Arizona offense, unfortunately. For Los Angeles, Phillip Rivers, uh, well, did did not play so great um last week against the Broncos, cost them the game with that interception, did throw for 400 yards and two touchdowns, though, so you had that going for you. Obviously, a great day, great game for fantasy. Don't really affect most leagues, whether they win or not, but still, I expect him to come out and do much of the same here. Arizona, good defense, uh, good against the pass, but Phillip Rivers has just shown that that doesn't matter. Uh, he's going to be able to put up points. Running backs here, Melvin Gordon, uh, still questionable with the hamstring, but I imagine he's going to be fine. Uh, Ever since he's had the injury, he sat out the London game and then came back and has been playing with a vengeance. Dude has been legit. He's going to get you your points in the running game and the passing game. No question about it anymore. I've got to take the L on that one. Uh, I just, I, I was wrong. He, he's been awesome. He's going to continue to be awesome unless he gets hurt. Uh, I would not play Austin Eckler. Wide receivers, 
Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are the two that I like this week. Uh, real quick, just got a little thing across Twitter. AJ Green uh, is a pretty much doubtful for Cleveland. Uh, just wanted to throw that out there. We talked about earlier in the podcast. He he wasn't practicing. They weren't sure if he was going to play or not. Just came across Twitter, Twitter, Twitter that it doesn't look like he will play. So I'm pretty sure he will be out. Yank him out of your lineups if you were hoping on him playing. Back to the Chargers. Keenan Allen, Big Mike Davis, those are the guys that I like this week. Uh, don't think that Tyrell does much for you. Uh, is questionable with the quadriceps injury, which I think could flare up a little bit in this game and uh, stop him from being uh, you know, that real deep threat that he has been lately. But uh, definitely like Keenan Allen and Mike Davis in this one. Uh, and don't expect, I do not expect Antonio Gates to go off in this one like he did last week. I have the Chargers winning the game. Next up, uh, we have a matchup of two five and fives: the Miami Dolphins and the Indianapolis Colts. Indy is uh, the ninety-two percent chance to win this game, and they are being given seven points. So, for the Dolphins, we should finally see Ryan Tannehill back at quarterback, and I would not play him. Uh, I do not. This this defense for. Uh, Indy has been really good. Uh, I just don't trust Ryan Tannehill to do anything. I've got to see it. Uh, he hasn't looked great before he went out and the Brock Lobster came in. Uh, so at this point, I've got to see it out of Ryan Tannehill. Don't trust either one of the running backs either because I don't know who the fuck's going to play. Is it going to be Kenyon Drake? Is it going to be Frank Gore? What's going on with Adam Gase? I don't know. Fuck, for all I know, he's going to throw Sonoris Perry in there and get you 20 carries for 45 fucking yards while Kenyon Drake Drake gets you two carries for 60. Who knows? I would not trust playing any of them. Obviously, a huge Kenyon Drake fan. Uh, I think the guy's got immense talent. If you're like me and you're stuck playing him in a league, throw him in the flex spot and hope for the best. But even then, I just don't. I don't think he's going to give you much anything against this defense. At wide receiver, we've just got a list of injuries for you here. So, Devontae Parker dealing with a shoulder injury again. Jaquim Grant out because of his Achilles. Danny Amendola questionable with a hamstring. So right now, you're looking at Kenny Stills, Leontay Carew, and Bryce Butler avoidable. Only guy I think could do anything is Kenny Stills. I would not trust him. I'd rather him sit on my bench and go off for 100-plus yards and two touchdowns like he did earlier in the year than have him in my starting lineup when he catches you five balls for 21 yards. Just do not do it, guys. Don't trust any of these guys. It is not worth it. For Indy, obviously you're starting Andrew Luck. That's not even a question at this point. Dude looks like he is completely back, and it is great to see someone who was hyped up to be one of the best in his class a long time ago. I think a lot of us have forgotten just how good Andrew Luck is and what he has been. He has jumped right back up into that top 12 quarterback territory already. At running back, uh, Marlon Mack, I think, should have a decent game here. Um, He's the only one out of the running backs that I would feel comfortable starting, especially with the fact that they love to play Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. Uh, But I just don't think uh, Hines or Wilkins do much of anything in this game. I think it's going to be a very big and very heavy Marlon Mack game. At wide receiver, I expect T.Y. to be just as good as he has been the past couple weeks, and then that's really it. I don't think Ryan Grant or Chester Rogers or Zach Pascal do much of anything. But the big question, the tight ends. Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, who do you start? 
who plays? Who does good? You know, Eric Ebron, just a couple weeks ago, or last week, Big Fat Zero. Two weeks before that, three touchdowns. Jack Doyle. I, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know. It frustrates me. It frustrates the shit out of me, to be honest with you, because I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. I think if you have both of them, you've got to play Ebron because of the touchdown upside. I mean, there, there's a legitimate chance that that dude scores every single game. If you have one or the other, depending on who you have, I think regardless, both of them have to play. Jack Doyle gets so many targets and receptions. All it takes is for him to do something with one of them to make the day for a tight end or to score a touchdown. And again, once they get down in the red zone, he looks for Eric, luck looks for Eric Ebron. Uh, and so all it takes, again, same thing, touchdown. All it really takes to make a tight end one these days is for them to score a touchdown because nobody's doing anything in the tight end position. So if you've got both of them, I would take Ebron over them. If you've got one or the other, I would say it's fairly safe to play both of them unless you've got a top-tier tight end. If you want to know who I think top-tier tight ends are, just check out my rankings on Medium at the FLA app or Check us out on Twitter at FLA app, at FLA blog, or at Sports Fanatic MB, where we have all that stuff up at. You can find them and look at who I've got ranked ahead of them. Otherwise, just play those guys. I have the Indianapolis Colts winning this game. And then the last game of the early afternoon slate, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Denver Broncos, which should be a good game. Pittsburgh being given the 59% chance to win the game, and they are three-point favorites for Pittsburgh. Big Road Ben had pretty much showed up last week for three quarters, kind of broke out of that narrative in the fourth quarter when he ended up winning them the game. But yet, if he doesn't get you that touchdown, he really doesn't come through for you, the rushing touchdown. So, Road Ben, I think there's a serious chance he shows up again this week against the Broncos, as uh, their defense has just kind of taken a big step back this year. Uh, Started off really good, uh, but really kind of been middle of the pack against the pass and a bad against the run, which is why I expect James Conner to have a decent day here. I don't expect him to go off for 30-something points, but I do have him right up there at 21.2 points. I expect him to have a very good game, uh, most likely, because he's going to get a fair amount of work in the receiving game as well. Uh, And I like Brown and Juju as well uh, in this game. Though Juju has kind of been disappointing here as of late, uh, especially with the amount of times that uh, AB has been targeted and uh, being kind of force-fed the ball has really kind of hurt Juju's numbers. Uh, But I do like both of them in this game, and I like Vance McDonald. Denver has been very weak against the tight end this year, so I expect VD there to have... uh, Oh, VMD. I shouldn't go VD. That's... uh, Initials for something a little bit different than Vance McDonald. VMD, Vance McDonald, to have himself a good game. For Denver, Casey Keenum. Um, yeah, goodness, I, I, I don't trust Case this week. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense, after starting off, uh, well, poor would be a nice way to put it, has really kind of rounded into shape. So far this year, they have been awesome against the pass uh, and the run right in the top 10 for both of them. Uh, Have struggled more against the pass than the run, so I do think that Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton could be fairly decent here in this game. Uh, If I had to start them, eh, WR2's flexes, I, I don't expect Emmanuel Sanders... 
uh, to really look as good as he had earlier in the season. It's actually been kind of one of the disappointing storylines for me with Denver is seeing how much he has fallen off the face of the earth, especially with him being kind of the, uh, he was a wide receiver one, top seven, I believe, through most of the first part of the season has really just fallen off the face of the earth. Uh, but him and Cortland Sutton, I could see having good games here. Don't trust Jeff Hireman. Uh, I think he's a middle pack tight end too, which is just not good for fantasy. For the running backs, Philip Lindsay's my guy. Uh, he's the one I expect to get the most points, uh, obviously. Uh, but I don't think him or Royce Freeman go off here in this game. Uh, Philip Lindsay's the one I would play just because I think if he does get some receiving work, which is highly possible, uh, he'll be able to put up some work. I think he can match up against these linebackers. Uh, as I've said before, since Ryan Shazier has gone out, they have struggled. Uh, and Philip Lindsay will win that matchup 98% of the time. So I do think Philip Lindsay will be able to put up some points here. Um, and I have the uh, Denver Broncos actually coming up and getting the victory here with the upset and then last but not least possibly one of the most interesting games of the Sunday slate the Sunday night game the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings so Minnesota 56% chance to win this game they are being given three points for Green Bay Aaron Rodgers must start Aaron Jones a must start Devontae Adams a must start that's it uh, I don't trust Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS, uh, I think he's going to have some very interesting matchups this week. And, and unless he has forced the ball, he is not going to do anything. And I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to force him the ball because, well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really do that at all. I mean, we already know that likely Xavier Rhodes is going to be on Devontae Adams, but Devontae Adams is a stud. I expect him... While he won't go off for you, likely could score, and that's what it's going to take to make your day. I still expect him to put up decent points. Got him actually as a top seven play this week at wide receiver because I just expect him to come through for you because they don't have anybody else. Uh, because you're likely looking at Marcus Sherrill's on um, MSV. MVS, I'm sorry, uh, and I do think that he's going to be able to somewhat shut him down. going to be interesting to see if they double or put anybody over the top like uh, Harrison Smith over. Is he going to go over Devontae Adams? Are they going to put him over MVS and say to let Adams beat us? Going to be interesting to watch, uh, but this is definitely going to be an interesting game and a good game, uh, and I don't expect a lot of the Packers to go off here as Minnesota has been good against the run as well, so I could see Aaron Jones struggling a little bit in this one, not going off for his 20-plus points uh, but just because he is a mainstay in this offense I think he's really kind of taken over as the lead back role they've kind of relegated Jamal Williams off to the side now the past couple games I expect Aaron Jones just based purely on volume will get you the points that you need for Minnesota Kirk Cousins I think is a must play this week Adam Thielen I think bounces back with a huge game also like Stephon Diggs in this one to have a good game as well and then avoid Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I expect uh, to play and, and have a good game here as well as Green Bay has been just god-awful against the run the past four weeks. Uh, so I expect Dalvin Cook to be able to eat a little bit here, uh, probably be the best fantasy player of this group. Uh, this Sunday night and I have the Packers pulling off the upset probably more because I want to see them win than them actually winning but what can I say it's my pick my pick them I'm gonna go ahead and take the Green Bay Packers so that gives us all of the game previews for Sunday I will be 
back on Monday, obviously, to give you full recaps of those games and do the Monday night preview. Since I talked about some college football on Wednesday, I'm not really going to jump into it much here. Just, again, huge games this weekend, rivalry weekend, so much different uh Different things could go down that could really affect the playoff scenarios this week. Again, just going off the big ones, Oklahoma, West Virginia. If West Virginia upsets Oklahoma, chances are you're not getting a Big 12 champion in there. If Oklahoma wins, they could still lose, I think, in the Big 12 championship and get knocked out, but their chances are much better. Obviously, you need Texas to win against Kansas to kind of help increase their chances of getting into the Big 12 championship. Washington, Washington State is going to be a huge game. The Apple Cup here, uh, Washington obviously would love, I'm sure, to beat their rival Washington State to knock them out of the playoffs. Uh, Notre Dame-USC, not really a huge game. Uh, really, I think Notre Dame is going to be able to kind of walk all over USC here and, and pretty much win them their game. They know if they win, they're in. Alabama-Auburn. Um, I think this game could end up being closer than a lot of people think. Alabama is a 24-point favorite, uh, but this game, this just you, you've got to throw the records out, I think, in the Iron Bowl here, man. this is Auburn always comes to play. They had to kick six a couple years ago, and no one expected them to win. Uh, so uh, definitely a game worth watching, I think. I, I do think it's going to be better and closer than people think. you got Utah State and Boise State. Uh, again, that should be a really interesting game. Utah here needing a win. Uh, Boise State really needing a win too. But, of course, the biggest game, maybe a little bit of bias on that one uh, here, but number four, Michigan State. Michigan, I'm sorry. Uh, that that team up north is what I really should be calling them against number 10, the Ohio State University. Again, a huge game for both sides. You know, Jim Harbaugh has not been able to, to beat um, – Urban Meyer here, I believe he is 0-6 against him. Did beat Michigan State this year, but hasn't been able to beat either one of their rivals here the past couple of years. Um, big, big. He needs this win. I, I don't think he'll get fired, but there will be a lot of chatter about him possibly getting fired if he can't pull off the win here with a team that is favored. Uh, they're you know four point favorites right now. They're expected to win the first time in a long time. Last year, I think the matchup was uh, very even. A lot of people were saying they couldn't figure out who had the better team uh, with JT Barrett, and really it came down to that play where JT Barrett did he get the first down? Did he not? Michigan fans will tell you he didn't know how. State fans will tell you he did. Uh, the refs called it, said that he got it. I th- think it was more just the fact they couldn't overturn it and why he kept it. Uh, and so that that really what it came down to, a game of inches in that game. I think that's what separated the teams last year. So a lot of people would say Michigan's better this year. Their defense has been outstanding, um, and it's going to be a rough game for Ohio State, I think. Uh, obviously, uh, I can't pick this game because my heart's telling me Ohio State's going to win it, but my brain's telling me, unfortunately, the team up north is going to do it. Obviously, whether it affects them or not, I don't think it will. Even if Ohio State were to win this game, I don't expect them to get into the playoffs. Uh, I would just love to see them win it to knock Michigan out of it because god that would make me so happy obviously would then allow Ohio State to go in uh, and play for the big 10 title whoever wins this game is going 
to go play uh, Northwestern in Indianapolis next week. So it's a big game regardless for both teams, besides it being the game for these two guys. So definitely something worth watching Saturday if you have a chance. I'm telling you, if you guys want to see what college football is all about, turn into that game at 11 o'clock. Watch and see the horseshoe rocking the sea of scarlet and gray. It's going to be ridiculous. Then turn in to the Iron Bowl. See what that's like, Auburn, Alabama. I'm telling you, this is one of the best weeks in college football because there's true hate for these for each other. I mean, you respect the other fans, I'm sure. I don't, but you know what? It is what... No, I'm just kidding. I, I respect Michigan fans, and you know the players and the coaches on the field respect each other, but it, it's pure hate between each other. It, it really is. I'm telling you, and on top of that, if you guys ever get a chance uh, and you have HBO... Uh, you can get on HBO Go and check out the game documentary. I'm telling you, you'll see just how much this game means to Michigan, their fans, and to Ohio and Ohio State fans. It's 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 the best game, hands down the best game, and the best day of the sports year. I'm telling you, best rivalry game, at least in my opinion, out of all of the major sports. All right, so that will do it for me, though, today, guys. I uh, hope you guys have a great Friday. Again, if you guys are doing any Black Friday shopping while you're listening, hope you guys get everything you're wanting, get all the deals, uh, and you don't get beat up. Uh, other than that, uh, I will see you guys again on Monday. Hope uh, if you guys do like college football, you guys enjoy Rivalry Weekend, and uh, hope your guys' uh, players come through for you on Sunday and get you that Week 12 win again just two weeks this week and next week before we get into our fantasy playoffs. And, God, it's it's, it's almost here, guys. And I'm jacked up and uh, looking to be in the playoffs in a lot of my leagues. So definitely interested to see how that unfolds for you. So good luck this Sunday. Hope the, uh, the fantasy gods grant you guys a win and help your players uh, win, put up points, and push you towards the playoffs. Until then, hope you guys have a good weekend, and I will talk to you guys again on Monday. Peace. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play?